Welcome to Talking Giants presented by SeatGeek. I'm your host, Bobby Skinner, here with my co-host, Justin Pennick, And we have our second-to-last draft preview. We're going to running backs. Um, we're hitting eight guys. And we're going to do it a little different. We're not going in the order that I rank these guys. We're going to go in the order like that the consensus ranks them. Um, because this is a spot that the Giants might add, but they're going to need to add at a value spot. And we're looking at three guys they had in the top 30. Justin, how are you? Bobby Skinner, um, I have no idea who wore the number six for the Giants. Brian I, Lewerke. I have no clue. Who? Brian Lewerke. Great. Brian Lewerke, days until the NFL draft. Six days. This is our second-to-last draft preview pod. That's all I got to say. Yeah. And it's it's a position that is weird. Like, the, there's been thoughts the Giants targeting one in round three, specifically James Cook. Although, I do think this running back class, Justin, as a whole, is kind of weak. Like, not just at the top. You know, like, there's no there's no one that's probably going to go in the first round, except for maybe, like, Brees Hall. Hall. I didn't watch um, the Michigan State cat. You know, people don't think that there's going to be one in the first round, even though maybe a team like Buffalo might. But usually, I find the guys in the late round that I fall in love, like, in me and you, like, both – I didn't find as many of those guys this year. Um, there is a couple I like. Uh, you know, spoiler, I really love Ty Chandler out of UNC, uh, transfer out of Tennessee. But usually I find guys like, like last year, there was guys like Khalil Herbert. You know, me and you argued versus Hawkins and Puka, who both have kind of oh. – Puka's on as a practice squad wide receiver, and uh, Hawkins is a practice squad running back. Um, uh, but this year, I haven't found like those guys that you just love, love, love. Yeah, so it's a it's a weak you could say that it's a weak class overall, right? Where you can say that there's not a lot of guys that are going to translate to RB1, but uh, a lot of these guys that we're talking about all all eight, you know, they could be drafted anywhere from first, second round if a team really wants to reach and that would be kind of crazy, but some of these guys could also be late day 3 guys, but every single one especially some of the latter guys we're going to talk about, they have like very specific roles. I could see yes. them having specific roles and, and fitting a specific, you know, um, fit on an offense. And it depends on how they're used, of course, and if a team has different expectations for them. So that's the thing with this running back class. Yeah, is it weak? And, you know, you, there's not a ton of RB1s, but there's a ton of guys that can fit a pretty good solid role, which is very valuable in the NFL, especially in running back by committees. And it's a position that you're always, every year there's going to be a day three guy that comes in and plays really well year one. There's there's always going to be those guys. You know, Elijah Mitchell was one from last year. Um, you know, and, and I'm sure I'm sure there were others that were not thinking. James Robinson the year before who was a UDFA. So there's always those guys who are either day three or UDFA who pop off. And I, I th- it's a fun position to evaluate because it's, it's fun to try and find uh, who that guy's going to be. This episode was brought to you by one person. Brian Carson. Brian A. Carson. Middle name Carson. Mm. You get, you who, get is, text message? who is who who is Brian A. Carson? What does the A stand for? Apple. Annihilator. Oh. We are on two different wavelengths. Uh Brian Apple Annihilator Carson went to patreon.com slash talking giants. Two hours a month plus some other tiers. You get some fun benefits alpha you know the drill patreon.com slash talking giants acorns before we get into these running backs the giants did sign someone they signed tight end jordan akins who's 29 years old even though he's only been in the league for four years um you know was drafted by the texans in the third round spent the last four years there was there under our new uh giants tight end coach andy uh, biscoff 
um, started you know started twenty three games over those four years, put up modest modest numbers. Justin, I'll be honest, I didn't do a ton of work on him because of we're just so locked in the draft. I will do a film breakdown. It'll just be a couple weeks after the draft when it comes out on him. Um, from what I gather is he's kind of fast, not the best route runner. You know, can find he can be a little dangerous in space and not going to add much as a blocker. But Justin, this is this is a guy who start like he's he has a better resume I think than Ricky Seals Jones. You know, so now the Giants have two NFL caliber tight ends on their roster, and Ricky Seals Jones and now uh, Jordan Akins. It's not saying much, but you know they have two tight ends with pulses. How about that? You're you're calling them NFL caliber. I'm calling two tight ends with a with an with an NFL pulse on the roster, which is which is good. So. Um, it, you know, you talked about double dipping at tight end, you know, if they take like a guy like a Charlie Kohler and then take a chig a little bit later on in the draft, right. With like their final pick, whatever, um, that's less likely now, right. That they double dip at the tight end spot. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's less pressing of a need. Yeah. Like you have two tight ends on the, on the roster who have started games in the NFL and it's not the worst thing in the world for them to start. They're not going to be big advantages, but they're not going to be huge disadvantages either. Where if you're yeah. starting Chris Myrick and Rice and John, you're probably, uh, at a disadvantage. My, my thing is with, um, adding, you know, uh, another tight end today is that now we have two tight ends on the roster where the Giants chose to add a tight end on April 21st who's not like an exclusive blocker. Where if I if I were to put my money on the Giants adding a tight end on a day like today, I would say that the Giants are probably gonna sign like a boring blocking tight end and yeah, not like a guy Lee that Smith. and not a guy that has a little bit more of an upside where he can kind of run with the ball a little bit. So you know, hey, maybe if the Giants go tight end in the draft, uh, you know, look look out for it to be a guy that can somehow block because they just don't have that right now. So Right. All right, let's get into these running backs. So again, we're not going in my rankings, even though the first guys who I rank the top of, of these eight players that we're going to look at. Um, this is the consensus rankings and uh, seeing like where they can fit with the Giants. So this guy I think is going to be out of the Giants range, but we included him because they had him in for a top 30 visit. And some people have him ranked as a third rounder, so maybe he could be there. And that's Brees Hall running back out of Iowa State, 5'11", 217 pounds, had a really nice combine, 4'3", 40, 40-inch vertical jump. Uh, Justin, he put up a ton, a ton of production out of school that is not, you know, probably known for bringing out big producers at Iowa State. Although I think, didn't Montgomery come from there, David Montgomery, if I remember correctly? Love him. But anyways, he's played 12 games all the last three seasons. This past year, uh, 5.8 yards per carry. The year before, 5.6, put up 1,400 yards and then 1,500 yards and then 41 touchdowns the last two years. So he's got a ton of production decent amount of production in the receiving game um fit wise he's just a prototypical running back who can kind of fit and do everything yeah you know like he's a three down back uh i think he fits better in a gap or a downhill scheme more so than an outside zone but i think he can he can like when you run outside zone i think he can do well and he has those reps however i i think he can fit an out like he can fit really in anything that you do but he has a 36 percent missed tackle rate when he runs outside zone Four yards, four yards after contact on average, and a twenty-one percent explosive play rate. I mean, it could be just on average where if if running backs run outside zone, they're going to have maybe higher you know numbers when they run outside zone. Um, but those numbers are pretty high, and it were and it was higher than the other you know type of schematic plays that he would run at at Iowa State. Yeah, he's the most complete guy in in this uh, this group that we're talking about. I won't say this class. I haven't watched Kenny Walker or whatever. But his speed is really good. 
I think his burst is just good. Not really good, but good. He is just like has a knack for big plays and breaking tackles. Like he can mm-hmm. string like there's some guys who can break a tackle but they can't string it together. Like he can string together. There was one run against Texas where it was like uh juke, spin, like stiff arm and then uh turned it into a big gain and they had like a 75-yard touchdown in that game as well. Um so he can just really make guys miss. Like and he does it. He's just he's just a natural at it and like his lateral ability, his cuts, they're quick and they just they make guys miss. Vision-wise, I do think it can be a little too slow to hit the hole, but he plays with a good pace and, and good vision. I The one thing I think he needs to play with a little lower pad level, but he can truck guys, and you see that frame, 5'11", 217, out of all these guys, probably has the best frame besides I almost Brian wish Robinson he did that Jr. more, though. I think he tries to play a little bit more like a... Like a scat back, right? You know, I think he he should use his physicality a little bit more at the NFL level because actually, you, know, you look at a guy that's 217 pounds, his yards after contact per attempt is unusually low, but he has broken the seventh most tackles in the nation this year out of all running backs. So I want you to kind of use that physicality a little bit more instead of, hey, just solely relying on that 93rd percentile speed that you do have to kind of be both. Yeah, it's what I see with him is like he gets through that first level, you know, the first level the D line, second level linebackers, and third level the the safeties. He gets through that first level, and then when he gets through the second level, he's like, all right, let me get lateral, make a cut to beat these linebackers, which I think he does successfully. But when you do that, there's times where you're not going to be able to make that guy miss or or uh, or break the tackle, and instead of getting an extra three yards by just blowing your pads through a guy. You do that. But when he wants to, he does do that, you know, and you don't get that type of touchdown production by not doing that. Um, you know, if it's third and one, Breeze Hall can get behind his shoulder pads lower and load up and get that, that those two yards that you need. Yeah, so Brees Hall, um, I, I, got, I got some numbers for you. Um, I already told you about the 93rd percentile in, in the 40. Um, 22 carries of 15-plus yards, 251 attempts. Got to keep that in mind. He gets a lot of attempts. He, he's gotten a lot of attempts as the years have kind of gone on. A 9.95 relative athletics, uh, athletic score, 99 athleticism score via next-gen. There are not a lot of guys that get, like, 90s uh, in the, via that next-gen score on NFL.com, which I like looking at that. It's not the end-all, be-all, but I like looking at the player tracking data. Um, I don't know everything that goes into it because it's not public data, but I'm a big fan of next-gen stats and the way that they're able to track things. Five touchdown runs of 75-plus yards, which is kind of crazy, again, considering his size, um, You know the fact that he has this many explosive plays on his resume. Uh, I think contact balance and natural feel of space even if there isn't a lot to find, that's what I think the strongest part of his game is. And we're talking about all the explosive plays, but I think Hall also does a good job of, if a play's dead, kind of just eating it, taking what he can get, kind of falling forward, and just ending the play there with the three or four yard game. But also he has that balance of knowing when he can get the big play as well. So he's not just an all or nothing player. Right. In the receiving game, uh, I think he's he's not gonna like a, a lineup out wide type guy, but like he's he's a threat out of the backfield, and yeah. for all those reasons before the contact balance, the ability to make guys miss, um, it's just kind of simple stuff. So you can use him on third down. Yeah, I think he's going to the Bills. Round one. Yes, there's been a that lot would be of a great fit. That. that would be a great fit. Yeah, people are kind of all over the board on Brees Hall. Um, People are all over the board with running backs. Like uh, there is a, and I think this is something that maybe our guys are cover one. I don't know if they retweeted or, or or what, but 
I saw a tweet that was like, I think James Cook could go round one. People are just all over the board with these running backs, and I think that's just going to be a general thing with this draft because there's no alpha dogs, because there's no clear-cut number one, because there's no quarterbacks that you know the, just the top five teams are going to take. Uh, these boards of these NFL teams, they're probably going to look so drastically different one team to the next and depending on what their needs are. So and I think running back is like that clear-cut position of who knows where these guys are going to go because of positional value, um, you know, and, and what each team values in running backs because all these running backs are kind of very different in their own right. That's what I was gonna say. Is a lot of these guys are role guys, so it's like what what role like part like what part of role do you value more? Do you value the bruiser type? Do you value the guy who's gonna add you receiving help on third down? Uh, like it's kind of matters on on what you value. And a guy who I don't value the way that some others do, Justin, and I'm kind of low on him. And it's Alabama running back Brian Robinson Jr. I think he's getting hyped up a little bit because of his size. Went to Alabama, you know, put up good numbers this past year. Uh, he's six foot two, two hundred twenty five pounds. So best best frame you could ask for. Uh, ran a four five three forty, a thirty inch vertical jump. He was a super senior. He only started one season in Alabama. Uh, in fact, like we uh, we thought we would end up like talking about him as like a you know a UDFA seventh round last year. It's like oh no, he's returning for that fifth season. No, but it's tough. Because when you're buried under a depth chart that featured Damian Harris, Najee Harris, and Josh Jacobs, it's tough. And, you know, you make that decision to go to Alabama. And, you know, that's why guys transfer from Alabama to, to get the opportunity to play. And Brian Robinson had to wait a long time. Yeah. Um, fun fact, he played under Brian Dable at Alabama. That's how long he was at Alabama. 2017, 2017 right? Yeah. yeah. Um, this past year was his only year starting. Put up good production, five yards a pop. Uh, a little over 1,300 yards um, and then 14 touchdowns. He's just a big, bruising running back. Um, and I actually think he has, for his speed, has some pretty good long speed. Yeah. Like, you know, not not quick burst, but he's got that long speed. But he doesn't really activate that burst until he's past the second level. And I, I think, Justin, I think his vision is subpar. It really makes him hesitant and indecisive behind the line of scrimmage. Like, I've noticed that a lot, a lot with him. You know, like, he follows the blocking pan, but I just don't see him setting up linebackers, manipulating linebackers, you know, and, and then he just kind of hits the hole. Like, he's, yeah, when he cuts, goes, yeah. they're not sharp. That's like, there's too many steps when he cuts, you know, where it's like, this is just way too elongated. Like, these, you're, you're better just running forward if this is how long your cuts are going to take. But that being said, he does have a role of just delivering blows, uh, runs through tackles and falls forward, um, even though I think his pad level is a little higher than you would want. Yeah, especially um, at 6'2", um, I, I would like to see lowering the shoulder a little bit more. Like, dude, you're 6'2", 225 pounds, and you know, a lower man is going to win. Um, I think his act- you know, his yards per his yards after contact per attempt numbers, they aren't as impressive for somebody you would think is 225 pounds. 3.3 yards, um, yards after contact per attempt, 75th in the nation out of all running backs. Like, I think that should be better. Now people are going to say he led the SEC in broken tackles. And here's where I'm going to tell you that I don't really care about that number. One, just a ton of opportunity at Alabama. Like this past year, he got a lot of carries. If you look at his tackle breaking percentage, it's not amazing. Yeah, you got a lot of rates. For a guy who plays the way he plays, to me, he's a better tackle breaker in the open field. Like he's got a nice stiff arm. But I don't think he's going to be a player at the NFL level who's going to get into the open field. 
you know, so that is something to me that worries you because, like, a lot of his best plays are when he gets out to the open field. Alabama blocks it up real well. He's got a nice hole to run through. But, again, at the NFL level, you're not going to get there. And I think with the way he cuts in the hole, his playing style, his uh, his, his lack of urgency uh, behind the line of scrimmage, I don't know if uh, he's going to have those opportunities to be a tackle breaker. Like, I think he's a very, like, roll, like, run forward, run hard type of guy. Did you and watch him against Miami? Because I figured you would watch that game as a, you know, you're a Miami guy. Did you watch, I didn't watch Miami? the film? I, I just remember Miami getting their ass whooped that day. So one of the first note, that was the first game that I watched. And the first note that I had in that game is he makes the first man miss consistently. And it's not with, you know, power. It is kind of like with a, a one step, whether it's a little hesitation, um, whether it's an arm tackle and he kind of just breaks it. So there is some elusiveness early on, but I don't think it is anything crazy. But that is the it's the first note that I had, and it was the most consistent thing that I did see early on in a rep. Most of the time, he does make that first guy miss consistently. But again, you know, it's how you know how are you getting up to speed? You know, with with at that first level with the defensive lineman. You know, how's your vision? Are you just a one cut guy, et cetera, et cetera? So Miami also had a bunch of baby back bitches on their defense this past year. Glad Manny Diaz is gone. Um, here's one thing that he does really well. He's a hell of a blocker and he reads blitz as well. Like he is, he brings it as a blocker. Like that's where it's like, okay, you can bring him in on third down and let him, you know, pick up a blitz. Like he, he brings it as a blocker. Yeah. He was 26th in the nation in missed tackles force per attempt. So the rate is actually a little bit better than I think you were making it out to be. Yeah. I just see a lot of it happening in the open field and I don't know. Fair. No, that no. no, that's fair. The stat that stat just in, encapsulates all of it, you know. Right. Next on this list, this is a guy who everyone has tied to the New York Giants. In fact, when Joe Shane went to Giants uh, Georgia Pro Day, who has like eleven first rounders, people are like, "Giants are here. They really like James Cook." I was like, "Well, I bet they like all of their first round talent too." But <laughs> Go somebody. Off. Somebody, 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 you know, I don't know who it was, but somebody told the whole beat that the Giants love James Cook. And he's five foot 11, 199 pounds, running back out of Georgia. Brother of Dalvin Cook, fun fact. Did you know that? If you're listening, did you know that? I think a lot of people didn't know that, to be honest. I think now it's been said, though. Like, it's been like, all right, we get it. Yeah. True that. True to that, that, that. He ran a 4 4 Um, Stats. So I want to read his stats slowly. This past year in 15 games had 113 carries, 728 yards, 6.4 yards per carry. That's less than 10 yards per carry. And then the years before that, he didn't really get much run at all. But he had 27 catches, 284 yards, and two touchdowns. Justin, his best ability is his receiving ability. Like, he can actually play a wide receiver. Like, he understands route running. He understands selling at the stem. Like, he's a good route runner, and it showed up in Georgia, you know, where he wasn't just catching. Obviously, he catches the ball out of the backfield, but he's a hell of a route runner with really good speed and burst. My dog is snoring right now, and I can audibly hear it. Hit it. 113 attempts, 10 runs of 15-plus yards. So this is just rushing attempts. I'll, I'll get to some receiving stuff, too. That's 11.3%. 11.3% of his carries went for 15-plus yards. Yes, Georgia had some really good offensive linemen, too, and, you know, they block really well. That's a part of, you know, that's ultimately a part of running the ball, right? Um, 3.9 yards after contact per attempt, which was 21st best, 21st highest in the nation this year. So there is a concern about his weight. Like, without a doubt. 
Being 199 pounds, I will say he was originally listed at 190. By the time he weighed in at the combine, he was 199, and he still put up a pretty respectable good 40-yard dash. So that's hopeful. Hey, maybe he can add a little bit more without losing that speed. But 3.9 yards after contact per attempt, pretty, pretty darn good in the top 25. Zero drops, zero fumbles in 2021. One drop in 68 catchable passes in his entire career. And Bobby, you mentioned his receiving ability. The big plays in the catching rec- it out of the backfield, you know. It's not. It's not like it, it's it's a thing that he does. It's not just oh, you know, he has this one play against Michigan. He has this one play, um, you know, against Alabama, whatever. It, it's it's just what he does. And the hesitation moves on the outside, and he and, and it's not like they're just putting a running back out there. So the other team will just put a linebacker out there, or they'll put a safety. This dude is beating college cornerbacks. This dude is beating Big Ten SEC cornerbacks. So there's a there's a couple plays against Michigan, a couple plays versus Alabama, and he is beating legit like, high-level program cornerbacks with these hesitation moves on the outside, these wheel routes coming out of the backfield. Again, little hesitation moves. He gets it. He is such an enticing, enticing player. Um, ah, I gotta, I gotta say. I have him down as a love it player, not a gotta have it player. I haven't I haven't said that a lot this uh these last couple weeks. I have him down as a love it player. I am on the territory of being down with picking James Cook in the third round. I am. To me, it comes down to how good of a runner do you think he's gonna be? Because he's like you said, he's got the speed and burst. Uh I like that he's he's a one cut and go back. And I, I think his vision is good, like he's patient with good vision, like he sets up those second level cuts. You know, like he, he hits the gas with urgency and he has the speed to just blow past guys where it's like, read, 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 cut, bam, uh, James Cook is gone. The issue is that he does have that light frame and I think he's brought down easily, uh, you know, and he just lacks that lower body strength. And even with that, like he doesn't break tackles with juking or, or, or anything, you know, he's very much just like speed cut and go, which you can be successful with. Um, but with where the Giants are in the third round, it worries me a little bit. It's like, cause that guy should be, you know, a third round running back should be the goal should be for him to be an every down back, uh, especially for the team like the Giants that are in total start over mode. Well, I mean, the, you could say the same thing about the Bills. And is Devin Singletary an every down back? I I think so. Yeah, I mean he's he's a he's a he's not a, just a receiving back. He he's first down, second down, third down type back. But still, they, I think they split they split his they split his carries, but it's not because like Devin Singletary doesn't have like the three down ability. You know, maybe they shouldn't have done the overkill of taking Zach Moss the second year in a row in the third round, but I think just uh, you, you see these NFL teams that they have they have running back and the by Bills committees. The Bills want a running back, the, but they have running back by committees in the NFL. This isn't even just a Bills thing, but you know the Bills have been successful with their running back by committee too. I know they're looking for a running back, but they also have an average offensive line. So um, there, there's that too. I think you could take James Cook in the third round. And he could be a fine player for you in a scheme that's better in an offense that produces more explosive plays. And I think you can still get good value at him and look at him as a good third-round pick, even if you have another running back who is splitting reps with him. And it's like a 60-40 situation or 70-30 situation. Yeah, I like him. It's just he is light, and then they never asked him to block, and that was for a reason because he, yeah. he can't block. Um, he's just not – he's not a – to me, he's just not for. He's just not that, you know that that like do everything type of back. You know, there's a lot there to like about him. 
But the things that he can do well, which is receiving, right? Which if the Giants want to invest on a running back that can really catch the ball. And I'm not just talking about, hey, this running back has good hands. This running back has a lot of pass catching experience. No, James Cook is the receiving back in this draft because he is legit also a receiver. If they want to have that kind of weapon on their team, I also do trust a guy like Mike Kafka. I also do trust a guy like Brian Dable because they have worked up that pedigree of letting players play to their strengths. If they want to do that, I am 100% for it because James Cook isn't just going to be this conventional kind of running back who's going to be your RB1 and an every down kind of guy. If they take Brees Hall in the third round, that's the expectation. Be that RB1, be that every down guy. You take James Cook, that's not his expectation. His expectation is to be a weapon and to go out there and produce big plays. Yeah, I mean, I get it. I like him a lot. It's just... To me, I'm kind of just stuck up on the Giants taking a third round running back with all right. of the well, needs it's, on the it's team. It's irresponsible. And there's going to be other good players there in the third round, too. Like, we went through all these right. draft previews. We can put together a list that, like, hey, running back is there. But, again, it, if we if we thought – if Brees Hall's there in the third round, then yeah. But I just – I don't know. I just worry that James Cook is a little too specialized um, to be taking a, a third round pick. With for, for the New York Giants specifically, it's irresponsible to do it if you're planning on keeping Saquon Barkley. I mean that that that's the bottom line, though. Um, but if there's a plan on moving on from him and doing something with him before the season, then I don't think it is irresponsible to do that. So um, that's also a, the thing. We'll see. Saquon wants to kill everybody. I lo- I he love does. that quote from him. Justin, why don't you read the ad before we get to Rashad White from Arizona State? Yeah. I kind of feel bad. I really do like James Cook. I kind of want to talk about him more, but I guess we talked about him enough. Bobby, can you give me an NFL draft noise? Every year in the NFL, we look for a locked-in generational player. Could be James Cook. But a sure thing like Quentin Nelson doesn't come in each draft. Hey, hey, hey. The only true guaranteed quality pickup this season is Manscaped, the leaders in below-the-waist grooming, which they are also going to be sponsoring our draft stream, like the entire weekend. You know, any any time before the Giants make a pick, we're going to be talking to you very quickly about Manscaped, and we're going to be thanking them for sponsoring the stream and also contributing to why we can do what we do, which is really, really awesome, and you should get on with Manscaped and support us by heading to manscaped.com and use the exclusive code GIANTS at checkout for 20% off plus free shipping. I have something to admit. Um, I kind of found out the reason why my 40-yard dash was so slow at the John Boy Media Combine. It was because like 10 yards in, you decided to just start like doing somersaults with your neck? Yeah, that was part of the issue. But I think the main issue was um, I didn't manscaped. I didn't manscape, I should say. And too much hair on my balls aerodynamically kept me further back than what I was going to do. Like last year, 20, 2021, I manscaped night before, remember this, wore my manscaped shirt. And even though I was like 50 pounds heavier, I was faster. And I did a side-by-side, by the way. I was faster when I was fatter. How about that? Outrageous. Losing that, losing that leg strength. Yeah. All right, so you know the lawnmower 4.0, you know the the Weed Whacker, you know the performance package, you know what it contains. I want you to head over to manscaped.com, get 20% off plus free shipping using the code GIANTS. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code GIANTS at manscaped.com. Turn your Mr. Irrelevant to a first-round pick with Manscaped. 
All right, Justin Panic. Next on can this I list. Can I ask you this is... first? Can I, can we take like a little break? Can I? I want to ask you this. Where? So we're talking about Brees Hall. We're talking about James Cook, and probably these guys that are coming up next. They're not going to be in like that third round territory. Where if we get past those third round picks, and we're not, and we didn't pick a running back, you know, hey, maybe maybe they won't. Maybe they. Basically, these next guys we're talking about, they're not going to be top 100 picks for the Giants. Where will you get to a point where you're? It's it's day two, and you're like cool with taking James Cook, or are you just not there at all? I'm not saying I'm against it. I just know myself, and on when we're five picks ahead of those two day third round picks, I just know myself that I'm going to have other guys ahead of him. Not the running back spot, but just in general. I just know myself. I'm going. I'm going to. Um, I'm going to have guys not even just because of position. I think there's going to be guys that I think will probably be better there. And you know, Mister Analytics yourself. How about let's uh, you know? Don't we talk about how you can find line, you know running backs in the later rounds? Uh, it's oh. but it's not. No, it's not just about that. It's about fit. It's about can a guy produce explosive plays? Which I think Brees. We'll Hall get to and, Ty Chandler in a second. Don't you worry. Hey, the, the, the these guys can. And the thing is, if you're not taking a guy in the first round where he gets five years and he gets an insane amount of money. You know, and the Giants also have five picks inside the top 100. It's not like we're talking about they have three picks in the first three rounds. They have five. And the only, and here's the caveat, though. Here's why I asked you this question. My thing is, if the Giants take two offensive linemen inside the top 100, then I am cool with also taking James Cook slash a running back inside the top 100. Like, if there's a Cole Strange and a tackle that's taken in the top 100 or a Kenya Green in a tackle, which I'm pretty sure you're going to have a stroke if you take if we take Kenya Green at 36, <laughs> um, then I'm cool with a running back in the top 100. So that's my that's my caveat and asterisk to the James Cook love. If we get a guy who, after the senior bowl, I mock to the Giants at 7 at 36, you're right, I will lose you my You will have a stroke. Yeah. Brain. You'll see, I might have a better reaction than I did to Andrew Thomas. Um, <laughs> actually, no, I won't. Andrew Thomas was so it was a surprise happy because I didn't think he was going to be the pick. Kenyon Green, it, it would be it would be a sigh of relief because it's like you guys better pick this dude. Yeah. All right. Next on the list is a guy uh, we've I like I fell in love with going into the Senior Bowl, um, and he's starting to rise when I look at him. Like when I was looking at this, I was like, oh wow, he's risen from like you know ranked at 140 to like 990 and that's Rashad White running back out of Arizona State 6 foot 214 pounds ran a 448 40 inch vertical jump one full year of as a starter at Arizona State but he averaged 132 yards per game he actually had a thousand yards on the dot this past year for uh Herm Edwards and the crew with 15 touchdowns five and a half yards a pop uh, and I think he adds real receiving threat too but his speed is good good not great and I think it's more build up than like that burst but Justin, I think he's a smart player, and you put him in a, an outside zone, and I think he's going to thrive. Like he is really patient to let things develop. He sees blocks develop. He makes the cutbacks when they're there. You know, he. I think he has a really nice one cut in these jump cuts that he does. He's not like a dynamic tackle breaker, but like he's that cut. He's like that one cut and go player. Um, and he does fall forward when he gets those extra yards. But again, he's not going to run through tacklers and break tackles like that. Um, Again, he's. I think he's just great, and when you're putting him in wide zone and he gets out on the perimeter, and that's when his speed shows up. You get him out of the corner, that speed shows up. He turns the corner, and oh look, Rashad White's, you know, you know, sprinting down the sideline. Um, I, I really like his vision, and I like his 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 kind of just his body type with the athleticism that he has, Justin. 
Yeah, I'm going to be a little tough on Rashad White. You definitely have watched him more than I have. You took him in a mock, you know, the most recent mock draft that you did on YouTube. Um, I'm going to be a little bit tough just because uh, average speed and, and quickness. You you say it's good. I say it's average. I, I, I watch it and it's like you're moving at a different speed than everybody else, but not in a good way, where it looks like you're just slower than the average running back should be. Now, I had, I have my, I'm going to tell you my first note. I think a lot of that's patience. I'm going to tell you my first note, and then I'm going to tell you my last note. My first note is White is one of those running backs where if he is drafted, Mr. Analytics is coming out. I will say I'd rather take my chances in the UDFA pool than spending on one of the nine picks on him. Like, that. that's my first note. My last note is I could be, I could be too hard on Rashad White because he could become one of those backs where you are super boring but you average like 4.2 to 4.5 yards per carry, and you don't just hurt the team. And that is what I think the the type of pro that Rashad White can be. Just like, hey, you're gonna get your you're gonna get your four and a half yards per carry. You're gonna keep the drive moving. You're gonna keep your team on schedule. And that is what a good NFL running back can be for a football team and should be for a team. I just think he has great vision. Like when there's a broken play, he identifies it immediately, gets the extra two yards. Um, and as we're trying to get, you know, move more to some more, some outside zone stuff, I think he can handle the three down stuff. Like even as a blocker, I think he's got great vision scanning and, and he's adequate to block. Um, as a receiver, like he has really nice receiving plays. Like I, I think he, for a guy who's probably going to go on day three, has the ability to be a three down back and play in a wide zone. And a lot of guys can't play in the wide zone scheme. He had 58 attempts going outside the tackles this year, the most attempts out of uh, A A gap, B gap, C gap, 58 attempts, 343 yards, 5.91 yards per carry. And what he averaged as a whole, five and a half yards per carry. So, so, uh, you know, better out outside there. Um, And again, I, I just, I didn't think he played with great offensive line at Arizona state. And he was just able to get the most out of every play. Again, like you said, he's not going to burn you. He's not going to have these great tackle-breaking moments. But I think, like you said, like, I think he's a smart player who's just going to do his job and he's going to do it well. Yep. You know, and he's not doesn't have a great combine. He doesn't have the greatest highlight film. But I think he's a smart player who just gets the job done. And I think that's why he's rising is because early in the draft process, people watch highlights. They only watch a little bit. They watch the combine. Uh, you know, they watch the guys that they have, you know, more national exposure. And I think as people are starting to watch him, he's riding like a guy like Charlie Kohler for me, honestly. Yep. All right. Next on this list. And it's bothered me because the guy that I have ranked second out of all these guys is we're talking about six. The next guy on this list is actually someone I identified in the midseason mock. And that's Tyler Beatty running back out of Mizzou. Small guy, five foot eight, 197 pounds. Four five uh four four five forty. He's a quick scat back, um, and I think he's a third down guy. Like he adds value on third down. But he had like he was the lead dog for Mizzou this past year. Averaged six yards a pop. Had over sixteen hundred yards and fourteen touchdowns. So he he worked that wo- that role well. But I think with his playing style and size, he's not going to be that. He's not going to get those type of carries in the NFL. Like he's to me, he's a third down back. Um, speed wise, I think it's good, but I think his burst and agility is better. Like, he can cut and start up very, very quickly. And he just has a great ability to make guys miss, especially when he's in the open field. Um, in fact, I think sometimes he waits too late to make the guy miss when it's like, just set him up a little better. But, like, that, like, 
you know, we're meeting at the ball. Like his ability to make guys miss, I think is great, you know? Um, and that's the best thing he does. Uh, his vision is de- decent. I think he keeps good spacing between defenders when he's climbing. Like there's times where there's times where he's climbing to that second level, and you think like this defensive tackle is going to get him. It's like, oh no, he's he, he's not getting there. He's just right behind him, and they're not able to keep up with him. Um, and for a guy that is small and a scat back, he doesn't waste time behind the line of scrimmage. He doesn't. He goes. But with that, he misses cutback opportunities, which is like. When you have these shorter, you know, faster guys, a lot of times it's like, you know, boomer bust and they're waiting, waiting, they're patient and then they will turn around and cut back. With him, it's like, I'm very quick and I'm going, but he misses cutbacks and he doesn't like see, he doesn't see things play out, but he does get his yards doing that way with the speed and ability to make guys miss. Um, and then as a receiver, he's dying, like he's a dynamic receiver out of the backfield. Um, that being said, when he's lined up out wide, he's a lackadaisical route runner. Yeah, there you go. It's what separates uh, guys like him and then James Cook, right? Uh, ba- Beatty's an exciting back, though. Um, has a ton of experience as a receiver. Um, he also, I mean, hey, you, you talk about how he's going to be like this scat back. He's in, he's in a, a guy that's really centered around agility. He's going to be a third down back. Um, but he wasn't limited to that at, at Mizzou. I mean, he has the, you know, the experience all around a gap, B gap, you know, he has that experience and he brought it. Um, he was not a player that was, uh, hesitant to contact or really hesitant to anything that Mizzou asked him to do. Um, he's a, con- he's a confident and effective runner running inside those tackles as well. Two fumbles lost on 513 carries. Um, that's a plus pluck plus plus area in my book. So Beatty, an exciting guy, fast, agile, quick, cool. Yeah. Again, you see that size, you see like that ability to make guys miss. And you think he's just like one of these typical, you know, typical guys who was like, you know, dancing a lot, trying to make, you know, the most out of every single play. And a lot of it's just like, no, he kind of hits the hat, the gap and go like his yeah. vision isn't horrible, but again, it's, he does miss cutback opportunities yeah. because he is so like North and South at times. Um, but it does lead him with his speed, his ability to make guys miss into some big plays and big opportunities um, for Mizzou. Next on the list, I've been waiting, waiting, waiting to talk about this guy. We're talking about him six, but if we were doing it according to my rankings, we'd be talking about him second. This is the guy I'm higher on than most people, and that is, I, I, I fell in love with these UNC cats. UNC running back Ty Chandler. Now he was a Tennessee. Now he's older. He's going to be 24 when the season starts. He transferred from Tennessee this past year um, to UNC, and you think, oh well, he transferred from Tennessee. He couldn't handle Tennessee. No, he led the, the Vols in rushing um, for two seasons. Like he he was their guy, and he produced pretty damn well. You know, at Tennessee, he averaged 4.3, 5.5, 4.9, 4.6 yards per catch, and then he went to UNC. Had over a thousand yards on six yards, not per catch, per carry, and averaged six yards per carry. Ran a 4.3840 at the combine. This dude is fast, 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 and he looks at it. like his speed is great, and I think his burst is matched with it. Like he has like that. Like some guys, like hey, he's got a good long speed. Doesn't have the burst. Some are like they don't have the long speed, but they can. You know, they're quick and they're twitchy. No, he's got the speed, that long speed to run past your ass, and he's got the burst. And I think some of his criticisms are some of the best things about him. This is going to be the criticism of Ty Chandler. Spends too much time behind the line of scrimmage. Doesn't get square. But you look at it within the UNC scheme. Watch him play versus Tennessee. That's not um, not necessarily the case. Watch him at UNC where they're very run-heavy, you know, outside zone. He had like an 
elite ability to press and manipulate linebackers. You know, like he is just like he would play mind games with linebackers, and then he's got this burst and go, go. So he's behind the line of skimmers, but he's playing it correctly. Like I think he's a, just a very patient runner, and he knows how to like he knows how to let blocks set up. I think better than almost all of these guys. I really do. Like his, he does a great think- job of like using and following his blocks, and almost just using those guys as picks to when staying behind those linemen and then once you know once the linemen are in front of a defender then he'll run run right past him yeah and it's like well and the criticism too much of the time behind the line of scrimmage doesn't get square enough field but it's like okay but if he's setting up blockers if he's playing fucking mind games with linebackers and then he's popping it off for 20 yards like that's a win you know this yeah. isn't just you know a guy who's dancing behind the line of scrimmage no there's guess more what to happens? uh there, there's more to the time behind the line of scrimmage number, which, you know, I guarantee all these big schools, and this is such a shame that we don't have access to all this data. Um, you know, the, the data that I share all the time about running backs is time behind the line of scrimmage, time behind the line of scrimmage. There's context to that. There's context. Just because somebody is spending 2.8 to 3 seconds behind the line of scrimmage on average isn't the worst thing in the entire world. They're 3 seconds plus. You know, hey, if you're running that outside zone scheme like Bobby's saying, that's part of it. That's that's inevitably going to be part of it, letting that play develop and letting it set up. So I can imagine maybe some of those people, maybe they have access to data that not the general public has, and you know that that's their critique. They see you know three seconds spent behind the line of scrimmage. They write down the critique: spends too much time behind the line of scrimmage. Well, and here's why I'm not worried about it because when there's initial pressure, a guy blows his block. There's no panic to his game. He finds his cut and he goes. Yeah. And he, when he cuts, man, he cuts with power. Like it, it's 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 a little jerky, but he gets he cuts and he goes. Um, you know, uh, he's not a bruiser at all, but he I think he brings the pop just because he brings of speed, it, yeah. Because just because of like the speed he runs with, um, and he just has like a natural ability to make the first guy miss, but not by doing a spin move or juking. Like it's like no, he's just fast and it screws up linebackers' angles. And I think he's got real like it's one thing to have contact balance when you're going at half speed, being patient. No. He has guys like swiping at his legs and he'll be at full speed and he's just running through it. Like he has that contact balance at full speed that you look for. Um, and he's a real receiving threat. I think he needs to be some polish, but he can line up out wide. Doesn't have the most receiving uh, numbers, but like you can line up in the slot and he can hit the seams, you know? Um, I, I love Ty Chandler. Like he is my love it player from this group when you think about where he's projected. Like, uh, day three, if he's there, you're going to hear Bobby on the stream talking about Ty Chandler a lot. I love this guy. And I went through all these running backs, and I couldn't find a guy I love. I love that, meet, that meets value. And then I was like, this running back class sucks. And then I found Ty Chandler, and it, got, it, it you know, it put some pep in my step. I mean, besides Brees Hall, I think this is the most exciting and interesting player that we're talking about. Right? Right? Wouldn't you agree with that? Cook is yeah for me, but Cook is very interesting too. But yeah, he's but Cook has. I, mean, I like have I said, him ranked Cook, second out of all these guys. Cook Cook has a certain role, and he's an explosive player. But it's a certain particular role that you're going to have to craft around. Uh, Ty Chandler, you know, it just if you're talking about being that prototypical running back, you know, I think up there with with Brees Hall, the guys that were out of the guys that we're talking about, most exciting and interesting player that we're talking about. Over ten percent of his carries were fifteen plus yards. Um, not afraid to fight through contact, like Bobby said. He's gonna get he's gonna get those dirty yards. He has long speed that not a lot of guys in this class have. Where you know, really, we're gonna talk about another guy, Pierre Strong, where he may be the best home run hitter, but you know, he's not that much of a complete player other other than that. Since this is a Giants podcast, I feel like this is okay to do this. You know, we're not an NFL draft podcast. At least I don't take myself very seriously with my draft evals. 
Um, Bradshaw. I see it. Bradshaw was 5'11". Bradshaw was 195. Ty Chandler's 5'11". Ty Chandler's 204 pounds. Chandler's faster. Bradshaw ran a 4.55. What was Chandler's 40? 4.38. Chandler's faster. Now, Bradshaw also played, you know, uh, how, how many years ago? So guys are just a little bit more faster now anyway. 4.37. But, but, the, but the ferociousness, which these two smaller guys run with, and the kind of uh, tenacity that they run with with their size, that's what it reminds me of. I see it. He's going to be a 49er, and it's going to piss me off. He's going to be a San Francisco 49er. I just see it happening. Um. We we were, didn't didn't we really like uh did we talk about Elijah Mitchell last year or no? Yeah, he was the raging Cajuns. Rob Sale, we talked yeah. about him. He reminds me of Elijah Mitchell a little bit, but he's faster. Like he's much faster than Elijah Mitchell. Um, and Elijah Mitchell had a, a successful rookie season, went healthy. Um, so yeah, I, I want this guy. Like we're talking about all these guys like it, value blah, blah blah. This is like my I want I want Ty Chandler on the New York Giants. Want him? You know Love what him. else I want? People? Gotta have him. You know what else I want, people? I want y'all to step up to the freaking plate. Yeah, Money. that's right. Baseball fans, it's time to step up to the plate with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of Major League Baseball. New customers can bet just $5 on any team uh, and get what? What? You can win and get $200 in free bets if they do. If Sportsbook isn't available in your state yet, you can still take a swing at Stacks of Green with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Baseball Contest. New customers can play free for thousands in prizes with their first deposit. Pick a lineup of two pitchers. What? And eight batters. What? While staying under the salary cap and racking up points for hits, runs, strikeouts, and more. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable. Best of all, you can deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you want. I'm glad this read is about baseball, not the NBA. I don't want to talk about the NBA. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code JOHNBOY. Bet just $5 and win $200 in free bets if your team wins their game. That's promo code JOHNBOY at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of Major League Baseball. 21 plus, restrictions apply, MLB trademark, user with permission. See show notes for details. Here's the only thing I'm going to say about the NBA. Last year, the NBA I th- champions. I thought, that was, I thought that was going to be it. The last, the last year, the NBA champions. Came down from a two two zero deficit twice. Did you know that the two thousand seven Giants started the year zero and two? That's damn true. That is damn true. <laughs> the NBA champions last year came back from a zero two deficit twice. Signs and versus the best two teams they played. You know versus those bar, you know that barstool guy the the barstool guy that does betting. He's like science science. Look at the science. Uh, who uh, I don't know who. The, he he just has these videos. Where it's he's signs, signs, but who who won the championship last year? I don't know basketball. The Bucks. The bu- the Bucks down oh, down o two twice. Two thousand seven Giants down o two. Super Bowl champions, NBA champions, Nets come back, win, signs. I need to get him. I need to, whoever that is. Someone needs to tell me, and I'll go tell him to do that. Um, I was enjoying your. Um, I'm not all right. Th- this is a little effed up part of me. I was enjoying your your self harm. Uh, threats to yourself the other night when the Nets lost. In the direct messages? No, you said that you're going to... Didn't you publicly say that you were going to self-harm yourself on Twitter? No, because what I said was I was very miserable about the Nets and then I was watching the Sixers and Joel Embiid had like... The fourth quarter last shot was horrible and then he almost got pickpocketed 
it did get pickpocketed at the like the last possession of overtime. So there's there was like 0.8 seconds left on the shot clock, and Embiid had two huge mistakes. And I tweeted, I was like, I was like, if the Nets didn't kill me, I'd be making fun of a Joel Embiid for being an idiot a lot more. And literally, as I press tweet, he has a turnaround three pointer to win the game, and I said I deserve to die. Well, see, um, I, I love I love a good exaggerating I deserve to die tweet. Like I, I'm I'm a sucker for that. Like I know you're kidding. I'm a sucker for it. Well, in our group chats, I was like, like, like on Sunday snacks. It was a little an- worse. Yeah. Sun- Sunday snacks annoyed me because I still believed in the Nets and it was one game and he was uh, being a drunk asshole. And then like after game two, I was like, there's nothing you can say to bother me. I'm dead. Um, you know, <laughs> like, you know. All right. Kyron Williams running back out of Notre Dame. Small frame, five foot nine, 194 pounds. Ran a four, six, five, 40, uh, 32 inch vertical jump. Two years of production at at a, at a, at a Notre Dame over a thousand yards in both four point nine and five point three yards a pop. Justin, he's a smaller back who can do it all, but I think in the NFL he's going to be a third down back. Um, for one, the size, but with his size, Justin, he's just not fast. Like his speed is not very good. So with his size and play style, like you would like that. Um, and I think his burst is average, but he's he's very he's very he's a very shifty player, Justin. Yeah, I think he's a good pass blocker too. So I he think is he, for his size. He, he's a good pass blocker, so he can put his ass in on third down. I think he's one of the best, um, like more complete backs in the pass game overall. Where there's a lot of these backs that we're talking about. Yeah, they have a lot of receiving experience, like James Cook, right? Well, how good of a res- how good of a pass blocking back is James Cook going to be? So when he's in there at, on third down. You know, is he just going to be this one trick kind of pony player that you know that he's just going to be lining out out wide, right? You know, whereas Kyron Williams can kind of come in here. Is he going to block? Is he going to go out and run around? You know, is he going to be lined up as a wide receiver? You know, maybe he can do that a little too. 77 receptions over the last two years. So that's pretty, yeah. that's pretty reliable. 87. What was that? Isn't it 87 or did I, I write think it's that 77. Okay. I think it's 77. Or maybe I did my math wrong, but I think it's 77. Yards after contact per attempt is top 30 in the nation. Missed tackles forced per attempt is 32nd as well. Um, saw comparisons on a couple different sites of James White, Pierre Thomas. I think that's very fair. I think that's very fair. And those guys, even though we're talking about this guy's like this third down back, but James White, Pierre Thomas, those guys have value on good football teams. Because they can come in, they can play a role, but also when they need to, and I do think Kyron Williams has this part of his game too, when they need to, they can get their nose dirty and they can do some of the things that maybe a a tougher running back is required to do. So it's not going to be something that they do every down, but when they need to, to keep a defense on their toes when they're not just a pass-catching guy, I think Kyron Williams is going to fill that kind of role in the NFL. Yeah, and he's got really good wiggle to him too. Um, Here's the issue that I have with Kyron is that there's things you like about Kyron Williams, but it's like there's I think there's two things that are gonna make him struggle at or three things that may make it to where it's like this guy gets drafted and never really plays in the NFL. Um because there's a lot of things you do like about him and he can and he can carve out himself a ten year old as a third down back. Um one the size, that's the one I think about the least. The speed isn't very good, and the burst isn't very good. He's not a patient runner at the first level. He looks anytime there's a sign of trouble, he bounces. And that paired with not great speed, I don't know how much that helps him. But again, if he's finding a third down role, which I think is where he'll find make his money, is that oh, and another thing, he fumbles the ball. He's had eight fumbles the last two yes, seasons. Yes, that is that is a, a bad, bad thing. So he's just yeah. got like too many like really bad traits about him that make me think that he just may never be a good NFL running back. But there is things you like there and you can find like Again, if this guy turns into 
um, Shane Vereen or, you know, yeah. or, or, you know, Dion Lewis or James, you know, name any third down Patriots running back. Uh, like, you know, I, I think he can do that, but there's, there is issues to multiple areas of his game. All right. Next on this list, last on this list, South Dakota state. Fun fact, Dallas Goddard went to South Dakota state. And also fun fact, I punched Dallas Goddard in the face in South Dakota. I think I've repeated that so many times that people are kind of bothered by it. Justin, Justin, do you think that people are starting to get annoyed by me bringing up that I punched Dallas Goddard in the face in South Dakota? No, I think it's uh, one of your best qualities in life that you punch Dallas Goddard in the face. Right in the fucking face. Sucker punched his ass. Pierre Strong, 5'11", 207 pounds, ran a 4'3740". Woo! Had 1,700 yards this past year. Uh, you know, 700 yards a year before, and then in 2019, he had a thousand yards, 7.1 yards per carry in both in two of those seasons. He played at a small school, but he did well. You watch him versus North Dakota State, who was like, you know, a national champion every year at that level. He played really well versus him. He's a north-south runner who kind of plays at one speed. Um, but that speed, uh, good thing going for him is that speed is fast as hell, and he's got the burst to match it. I don't think he's he's as fast as Chandler, but he's kind of like right there. I don't think he has the same burst that Chandler has. Um, but the things that are going to keep him back, I think his visioning is lacking. Like he's, he's very much Justin to me. He's a C hole, hit hole, hard, uh, hit, hit the hole, hits it hard, uh, running back. Um, and I don't, you know, there, that guy can find a role in that speed. Like I think he'll stick around and hopefully a team is a little patient with him and maybe tries to help him with his vision, but like he just doesn't manipulate the linebackers and, and misses things. And like, you know, we mentioned with Ty Chandler, I said, when there's initial pressure, like he, there's no panic, he cuts and goes. You know, he gets whatever yards he can. With Pierre Strong as an initial pressure, it is a panic. Like, he comes, he kind of almost freezes up at times. Um, so there's, like, some mental stuff to his game that needs to be cleaned up, but the physical stuff you love. Yeah, Pierre Strong um, has home run speed, and it may be the best of this class. And I, I think I repeated this once already, where there's not really a lot of running backs in this draft who have that, like, that home run speed. Sure, guys are fast, but nothing that can really you know, once they get past that secondary level, are you off to the races? Which that, you know, how often does that really happen, you know, in the NFL? Um, that's also a good question. But um, like how valuable is that? It is valuable. But he does have home run speed. If you're looking for that kind of the the change of pace running back, uh, Pierre Strong is it. He has long strides for his size, and he has that forward lean when he runs. Yes, big time. Um, you know, forward lean, there's, there's, hey, I guess there's good balance. If there's a technique to running, Pierre Strong Jr. really runs with very, very good technique. So, it's a good runner. 98th percentile of 40 yard, first 40-yard dash of the combine, 4.37. Um, most of his attempts came from outside the tackle. So Bobby was talking about that outside zone. Not a lot of meaningful receiving experience where he does, has catches on his resume, but you know, how meaningful is it where he's running you know certain specific kind of routes and not just being a check down guy? Kind of lacks awareness too. In the rece- like there was one there was one play I watched him. It's like you just ran out of bounds on this flat route. Yeah, seventy six of his six hundred and twenty seven career attempts went for fifteen plus yards. That is a solid 8.25% of his career attempts that went for 15-plus yards. So that's pretty darn good. That's over his entire career. Do you have the stat on how many uh, carries went for negative yards? No, that they don't, they don't, uh, they don't, they're not psychopaths that track that like me. He's, he's a tough one, man, because he's got really good ability. 
Um, you know, he probably didn't have the best coaching in South Dakota. Like, I'm, I want, I'm, I'm intrigued by Pierre Strong in the NFL. Like, he's a guy I, I'm intrigued by because I could see him flaming out, and I could see him being like uh, the steal of this draft because he has that ability. He has, does have run that forward lean, and if you put him in the right stuff, like scheme, and and kind of give him, put him, like you put him behind. If you put Pierre Strong behind a good offensive line, like he, he ends up on the Colts, he'll look really good. You know, he ends up on yep. the Cowboys if they revamp their own, like he's going to look really good. But I think if you put him behind on the Giants, he'll look horrible. Or last year's Giants, at least. Yeah. I, feel well, like I guess everyone would kind of look horrible. Yeah, I, I, I feel like that's most running backs. <laughs> yeah. Um, brutal. So it, it, I, I'm very intrigued by Pierre Strong. Like what what happens with his NFL career? And it's always, it's, it's always harder to kind of judge some of the smaller school guys because it's like, you know, I mentioned those negative yards, but a lot of those were like, I do think he freezes up at times, but also it's like sometimes it's like you have no choice because they're right in your lap as you're getting the ball. Um, so it'll be interesting to see what the South Dakota State product does in the NFL. Um, and, it, and it reminds me of Pierre Thomas. It's, you know, we had a running back oh. in the NFL who had the first name Pierre. Uh, and we had a defensive end named Jason Pierre-Paul. Is the Pierre Thomas comparison just because they share a first name? Yeah. Yeah. One of my best friends in high school, uh, his name, he played D-line. His name was Andre St. Pierre. And like John Great Henderson, name. he would have me slap him in the face before a game's our sophomore year. And then we just kind of stopped doing that. What's the thought process of that? He was a nutcase, but that's kind of why we got along. I miss you, Andre. He trans, he transferred to another, he went to, like, his family moved and he went to another school. Won a state championship. Miss you, Andre. Hope you're doing well. I'd right, appreciate you guys. We'll see you on Monday. For our last draft preview, hitting the offensive tackle, saving the best for last. You don't, you're not going to want to miss it, baby. Enjoy your last weekend uh, before the NFL draft. Really excited. Appreciate you guys. Until then, let's go big blue. <laughs>